0: given to me by a school in Africa for our school. And it's what they ring. It's the sort of bell they ring every morning. It's not quite as loud, but it represents something that's happened more recently. So would you like to ring that bell as well? Pass it along. That's right. It's not quite so loud, is it? Okay. Okay. And pop that one down there. Lovely. And then we've got a little tiny bell. It makes quite a nice sound, though. It makes quite a nice sound. And this bell is my symbol for what's happened to our school in the last few years. It's, what numbers it got on the front? There we go. It's number three. In the last three years or so, our school has changed. It's changed from an infant school to a primary school. And it's been quite it's a special time for us. It's been a real adventure, a real journey. And this is a Hindu bell. And um, now, of course, we've got key stage two. We have to learn about Hinduism. So I thought it was quite a nice little one to bring along. And it's very gentle. And these bells have got numbers on them, girls, haven't they? So what are the numbers we've got here?
1: 333.
0: Okay, and what's the significance of that?
1: 333. Which is the
0: school's day. Okay, we're having, this year we're celebrating the fact that our school has been going for 333 years. Which is amazing. Um, It is amazing. Lots of schools, you know, celebrate... These birthdays, they say, oh, we're 150 years old. And I go, oh, that's nothing, (laughs) actually. (laughs) Because we are 333 years old. Thank you, girls, for your help. Thank you very much. Um, And I thought it would be just good this morning to reflect a little bit on how the school started. So, 333 years ago um, was 1683. And a very kind man donated some money. His name was Henry Chanel. And he donated £4 a year so that six children could be given an education. They were boys, of course, but they had their education in Wanish. And their school started, and I think think from what I can gather is that they used to meet in the church, because that was the only place that was kind of available for them to be taught. And they appointed a master who taught them, but they also were often taught by the curate. So this went on for quite a long time. I have to refer to my manual, which is on our website if you ever want to have a little look. Because I always get dates wrong, as my children at school know. So he, he rented a property in Guildford and from the property money he rented, he had £4, pounds, which went on for perpetuity to be, to teach these children. Um, and that actually went on until 1912 in Wanish. It still carried on. It was still happening. Um, but other things happened as well. And um, A bishop visited in the 1720s and reported there were 20 children in the school and sometimes more. And they were being instructed in writing. And then also down the road, there were dame schools. There was, um, in stone and little stone cottages at Wanish, there were dame schools. And these were schools where ladies who, you know, had some time at home would teach children to read and write. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of those people still in our congregations. I know a few of you here who come into school and help children read and write. It's really important that... Those people who come in and support our children give extra things. But those people, they did that just so that children could learn to read and write because most children couldn't do that in those days. Then they decided more and more children were were, were sort of wanting an education and Lord Onslow gave a piece of land in the Victorian times in 1842. He donated a piece of land. I I think, knowing our school grounds very well, it was probably not very useful to him because it was a very boggy, marshy piece of land. (laughs) With poor drainage, <laughs> as our footballers know. But he did. He gave this piece of land for a school to be built. And in 1843, so 333 years ago, um, the ch- our, our school started. And uh, boys and girls were taught there. And they would ring this big bell in the 1900s. But that comes a bit later. But um, it sort of set up and all went well. Well. I think we'd better go and see some lovely pictures of all the children. So there's the early 1900s. These would be children that might come ringing the bell. They started at 6, and it was, um, it was quite a cold place. They had, a, they had a, a sort of a ring fire that they used to use, but that was all. And it was quite a small building. But it, it kind of grew. Um, in, actu- in actual fact, I think, it, um, yeah, in eight, I think there was also some children, some smaller children, younger children, were still educated in Wanish, at Lawnsmead, in the reading room at Lawnsmead Terrace, Um, back in the sort of late 1800s. So um, these children would have to apply to the vicar to come to school, and um, as time went on, they'd have to pay a penny a week to come. Okay, let's keep going. And what's interesting, when you look back through all these old pictures, is the the things that happened are still quite similar. There's a thread going through it um, of, of things that still happen, and that's 1937, when they had the Maypole dancing. We still do Maypole dancing. We don't have May queens and, and, and kings and get all dressed up like that. I'm not sure what children would... Ella, what do you think? Would we like to have a May king and queen? And... Maddie, would you I like have to... May queen. You a May queen? You were. You were, okay. Well, maybe we, should, maybe we should reinstate this. I don't know. I'm not sure. Ella, what do you think? Do you think we should reinstate Maypole kings and queens? It might be nice for little children. Anyway, we still do Maypole dancing. Carry on. And one of the interesting things we found out when we did our history fortnight was that actually the school was more or less like a farm in those days. We didn't have the woods back in, 19, in the same way that we've got now. We had big fields, and they used to, they used to actually have a farm at harvest, and the children would get involved in that as well. Um, and actually, it was probably just as well, because if they weren't harvesting in the school, they were probably harvesting at home and not at school, even back in the 1937. So we'll to carry on. And the other interesting thing I found was even back in 1935, they still had to have the parents fundraising money for them to, to provide for their outings because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. They used to go to places like the seaside and, and uh, different places like that. So, yeah, let's go to the next one. Again, that's more about the farming. and um, They had animals, angora, sh- angora lamb, uh, sh- what? Angora sh- sheep. I have to say that. Nice. Um, and uh, all sorts of weaving took place. They do lots of cookery. Um, I know it's not very clear to see these, but um, they also had a pond. Um, in fact, they had a swimming pool back in the early 1900s. It was built, and uh, you can still see the remains of it, and the, the local village children used to come and swim. In, if we go in our woods now, there's a, a whole corner that used to be the swimming pool that you can still see the foundations of it. I wish we had one now. Okay. Um, they have football teams. I don't know how successful they were, but they did have football teams. Let's go to the next one. And uh, as we as we move through the times, 1977. Some of you might have even even been to school at that time. Um, that, that was the the library back in those days. And of course, there was a very famous Mr. Hart, who um, lived locally in Shamley Green, and he used to come to the school and do artwork with the children. And the pictures in his book, Make It Heart, actually are Shamily Shamley Green. So, artwork has always been a big thing at Shamley Green, which is brilliant, because, you know, encouraging creativity, that's really important. Let's go to the next one. Um, and one of, the, one of those people there, I'm not actually so sure which one of those, is, um, is Mrs. Kenyon, when she was a child. So she was, she was Rory, Ken, Rory um, Kenyon's mum, was in that little picture, so I'm sure that you know. Maybe if I asked you, somebody could put their hand up and say they were around school in those sorts of times. But the 1980s was when you'd um, like to go on to the next one. They, they did. That's a little bit later. That's um, when they added a little bit of extra. I'm quite interested in the buildings in school because in 1993 they added an extra. Um, they were celebrating 150 years at Shalmington. Shortly after that, they added a little porch. But you can see the horse the hut that we've actually knocked down there when we built our new building. Um, so it's, again, some of you, like, even appear in those pictures, I don't know. If you go on to the next one. Now, um, in the 80s and 90s, the school went through quite a tough time. And I had the privilege um, of meeting this summer, meeting Diane Hollow, who appeared, um, with, just sent me a letter out of the blue and said, I used to be the head teacher at the school in the 80s, I'd love to come and see it. And she came on sports day. She was the most delightful person. She said she arrived at the school and it was really in danger of being closed down. It was so, so, in such poor condition. Everything was. They had 40 children at that point, and it was in a really poor, poor condition. The results weren't good. She was having a lot of inspections, people coming in. But she decided there was something really special about and Shamley Green School, and so she really fought the authorities and kept the school open and made changes. And it was so, so lovely to meet her because... I sort of thought I had a sense of history. I had a sense of purpose and about, about the vision for our school because this lady shared with me her vision for the school at the time, and I thought, Do you know what? You're just on my wavelength. I could just, I could just see, just believe in it the same things that we believe in now, the same things that I really feel strongly about. She said, I wanted it to be creative. I wanted it to be colourful. I wanted it to be in a place where children just love learning. Um, I just wanted. I wanted them to be nurtured. She had a lot of really, really tricky children. Um, sort of the lo- local wastes and strays, I think was what she called them. But she wanted to bring those in, nurture them, care for them. And um, a lady of real vision. So we didn't take many pictures, and we regretted we didn't take many pictures that sports day, but we did get this lovely one of, um, of Diane with Erin um, Jay. And um, she just sort of took Erin Jay under her wings and just had a little time with her. It was lovely to watch her. But she had vision, and she came, and she t- brought me lots more things which we haven't really incorporated into our history, but some more photographs and things. And you could see things carrying on just as we, as we wanted them to do. Okay. And I was thinking about um, leadership and about um, education, and I came across these two things. So I was thinking about Moses. This is when Moses um, handed over to Joshua... And if you think about it, Moses was an amazing leader. He was, he brought the um, the Israelites out of, away from Egypt and he set them on a course. They went through a very hard journey, but he brought them to the promised land. And he, in his handing over to a new leader, to Joshua, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of your enemies. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I can recognise that I've had times when I've had to go, Is, do I want to carry on with this? Yes, because it's the right thing to do. And then I love this next little bit in, in Deuteronomy 32, which it says, I've got to come over here to read it, because I haven't written it down. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of thy mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain, and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass like abundant rain on tender plants, I will proclaim the name of the Lord, praise the greatness of our God. And I thought that's what our teaching should be like. It should be like rain to children. It should be like showers on new grass. You know that lovely feeling when you see grass grow and it starts that beautiful green colour, that deep green colour. That's what as teachers we want to see within our children. We want to see them grow and, and nurture and just become and just blossom like that, like abundant rain on tender plants. That's that's our vision. And I can honestly say that's the vision of the teachers who teach in our school. You know, that is what they want to see. They want to see children nurtured and grow and achieve their best. So I'm going to share with you, um, if you want to go on to the next slide, um, our latest um, vision statement, which we've changed um, over the summer because what we do with our school development planning is... All of the teachers meet with the governors and we talk about what we want to see going ahead. We've kind of come to a, a kind of a changing point at the moment in our school. We're now officially a primary school and it's coincided with that 333 years. So I think three is a bit of a magic number in my head. But So 333 years ago, we've become a primary school. And I have to say again, because we have been a primary school in the past and then we became an infant school and now we're back to being a primary school again. But it's a bit of a turning point. So we've looked at our vision and our values... And we've thought about it. And we see learning as an adventure. So our strapline is the learning adventure. Let's go on to the next one. Um, So we've changed our school vision from a very long, wordy document to something short and snappy, we hope. But I'm trying to learn by heart at the moment. Um, But the children themselves have chosen our values. And the Olympics in London and the things that have happened have had a really big impact on our children. And so the Olympic and Paralympic values have been used to to develop our own values. And the teachers added one in, which we think is really important. Um, So it goes like this. We're trying to achieve excellence. We want to be distinctly Christian, valuing individuals, embracing challenge, and nurturing community, thinking creatively, giving our children unique opportunities, Being resilient learners and encouraging citizenship. Um, And that kind of encompasses everything that we used to have in a very long document that said all sorts of things and we've decided that that actually is what we're all about. And the children have chosen our school values. Personal best, which kind of connects with excellence. Friendship, which we put connecting with our distinctly Christian nature. Respect, determination, encouragement, inspiration, teamwork, Resilience and being fair, and the, the one that's been added by the teachers or the grown-ups is resilience, because we come, we in this community. Our children are very well looked after by the parents, and sometimes they're a little bit overprotective. <laughs> Dare I say it? Sometimes lots of things are done for them, and if things go wrong. Children can be quite upset. So what we're teaching our children, what we're pushing in school is about being resilient, about saying, it doesn't matter if you get it wrong because you've got to get up and go again. And one little boy who, when he was in year one, I don't think he's here this morning, but um, he had a little catchphrase which our teachers have taken on board. It doesn't matter if you get it wrong because you're on a journey to getting it right. That's really deep thinking, isn't it? That's right. It doesn't matter if you get it wrong. We don't mind if you get it wrong. You're on a journey to getting it right. We're all trying to do our best. Teachers aren't perfect. You know, we don't know everything. But we're on a journey to getting it right. And if we try hard, we'll do well. So that's important. So I've just got a few pictures here that we've taken recently. I've tried to find the recent pictures. Personal best. Road to Rio. We've been doing a lot of running to Rio. And uh, um, we're going to be continuing running. New scheme coming out, so we're going to be joining that one. But we, um, we, we the whole school ran to Rio and more in the summer, and we were very proud of it. Even, even I was proud that I actually ran for the first time in my whole life. <laughs> but personal best, that's really important. Okay. Friendship. Um, yeah. Carry on, just, yeah. And Respect. Determination, having a go, just keeping on trying, doing those, making those finishing touches is really important. Encouraging each other. Yeah, I just stop with that one. This one is about a little girl on a tently fort, on um, you can see a climbing tower which was very very high, probably about as high as that up to about that top of your arch there. Um, and when I arrived at Henley Fort in the afternoon, she was there, she was just trying to climb. And she was very upset. She was very worried about climbing. I would be exactly the same. So I was very empathetic with her. And she just said, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. She'd climb up so far and then she stopped, And she couldn't do it. All her friends around her were going, yeah, yeah, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And she'd go, no, no, I can't do it, I can't do it. And, and I thought that the instructor would say, okay, you've tried hard, you know, don't worry, you don't have to do it stop. He didn't. He said, if you want to do it, you can still do it. And we stood We stood there for half an hour and then she got, she slowly started to go up to the top and it was the funniest, funniest moment because we're all going, oh my goodness, she's doing it. Oh my goodness, she's doing it. And the children down here go, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going, you're doing it, you're doing it. And as she got to stop, she went, oh, I can see Guildford Cathedral. <laughs> She'd lost her scaredness completely. And that's what resilience is about. It's about keeping on going and having a try. What an inspiration that was to me, actually. I thought, wow, if she can do that, you know, what, what can't we achieve? Next one. I don't know which one. Oh, yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> we just keep going with them now. Just some lovely pictures of all the lovely things that our children do. And, uh, and it's, it's exciting. The things that are gradually developing in our school. We've had a real focus on ICT We've had a focus on um, creativity and. Um... Let's <laughs> just tell you about Paterpet. <laughs> this is Bunty. And this is our a, a um, a, a current patterpet, who comes in every week. And children get a chance to read to, to Bunty. <laughs> um, they love reading to dogs. <laughs> when they, some of them won't read to, parents, to adults, but they love reading to dogs. It's fascinating watching them. And, uh, and it's been great for children who have got a bit of a fear of dogs. So she comes in, and uh, children read to her. So that works. Um, this is at Henley Fort as well. Couldn't resist that picture in their pyjamas. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, we're really trying hard at sport. I have to say, we're a small school and we're just still growing, but we've had lots of coaching and we're getting better. <laughs> and um, every time we go, I say, um, doesn't matter if we lose. It's the taking part and it's the trying. If we've done our best, that's great. And we are getting better. So watch this space, everybody else. <laughs> Here we come. Um, yeah, lots of musical op- opportunities have, have increased. Um, and this... This year, one of our projects is we're, we're, we went out to China, myself and one of my teachers, and we're going to be doing, working on a STEM project, which is science, technology, engineering and maths, with, um, with China. That's coming up. Uh, yeah, we started that already, so that's really good. Got lots more science and technology clubs happening this time. And I think that's me over. Thank you. Thank you for listening.
2: We'd love to pray for you, Tess. Uh, Why don't you come and stand here? Tess can't do what she does without her reliance on God, and I think it would be really good just to surround her with prayer, because we pray for you regularly, but to be physically praying for you. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Tess, for Mrs. Truenard. We thank you for who she is in you. We thank you that she has given her life to education, to serving teachers, to serving children. We pray that you would equip her with all that she needs for the task that lies ahead. We pray for constant enthusiasm, even at the end of term. We pray for stamina and we pray that you would guide her daily and that she would know that she is leaning on you in all that she does. In Jesus' name. Amen. Colin retired once and then he took on another role. And it fills up a lot of your time, Colin, I know that. Would you like just to come and tell us a little bit about what your role is and what you do? Yeah, of course you can. Um,
1: I happen to be chair of the Darson Board of Education, uh, which is the group in the diocese which uh, oversees the 86 uh, church schools and academies, which are part of the church schools in uh, Surrey, Hampshire. And Kingston. And uh, we do this on your behalf. uh, Because these schools are your schools. They belong in the care and support of all the churches. So we're doing this in your name because they're your schools. And it's our privilege to be involved in them, to care for them, to see them flourish, to see them grow, see them develop. Boys and girls, uh, uh, this is the sort of trick question because I don't know whether you'll know the answer. But <laughs> if you were to guess, how many people this morning are in churches throughout the diocese? How many people in congregations like this? How many people do you think you'd say? What would your answer be? 2000? 2,000. 2,000. Anybody else want to bid up from 2,000 or bid down? A thousand. The answer is about, on a typical Sunday, about 22,000 people across the diocese are in church on a Sunday. Now, second question. How many people, how many people do you think are in our church schools in a typical week? Anybody want to make a guess? Five. (laughs) (laughs) Good guess
0: and
1: um, 300 300 the answer is 24000 so 22000 people in churches 24000 people in church schools what time do you have to get to school in the morning 8:30 8:30 what time do you have to come home from school 3:20 um, so that's about 7 hours isn't it people in church 2 hours on a sunday People in schools, seven hours a day, five days a week, church time, school time, your opportunity, your name. Now, we've had an inspirational presentation of what a church school is about this morning. We have a little formula that says, What are church schools about? And what we're about is offering excellence of education, rooted in Christian values in a Christian community. Open to all of any faith and none. That's what we're about. Excellent opportunities, excellent education. Church schools are 90% rated, Ofsted, good or outstanding. Open to all of any faith and none, but rooted in a Christian community and Christian values, as we've seen brilliantly demonstrated this morning. And the official phrase is that we want to offer every child and young person. The opportunity, offered opportunity, of a life-enhancing encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're about in your name and in the name of the whole church. Every child, a life-enhancing encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're seeking to do in your name. You know, I was deeply, deeply hurt the other day because I happened to come across a a, a survey which the Children's Society had done across, I think, 15 countries in the world which showed that children in the UK are amongst the unhappiest children in the whole world on an international rating. And that really kind of speaks to me because deep down, as we've heard... Test say brilliantly this morning, what we're about is believing that every child is unique in God's sight, loved by God, redeemed by Jesus, and what we're about is setting that child and young person free to fulfil all that God has for them, to be the person that God created and redeemed them to be, and that's what we seek to do through our church schools. And here in and chamley Green, we have a, a brilliant and outstanding opportunity and example of how to do it. Not really sparing local people's blushes. The school is brilliantly led and brilliantly governed. And is one of our sort of flagship schools. And it's your school, and it's my school, it's our school. And through our work and prayer and encouragement and practical involvement through Open the Book and all sorts of other different ways, we have an opportunity together to own that school, to enrich that school, to long for it, to grow and flourish. And that's the great privilege and opportunity that's been given to you and me as part of One Earth Church. And it's wonderful that you and I, as part of the life of the church, not over there, school over there, church over there, but church and school together, working, praying, longing, that that school will flourish, educational excellence, Christian values, and every child the opportunity, in our school, in our name, a life-enhancing encounter with Jesus Christ.
2: One thing, we do talk a lot about the school. One thing that I have failed to do, and I put my hand up and say this, we do not have a banner or a poster or a picture that says, This is our church school. So I'm going to stand here publicly and say that that is something that we need to make a move on. Because people new coming in wouldn't necessarily know of our connection. So today I commit to getting that sorted. But I want to change focus just slightly, and I want to take us out of the UK where education opportunities are amazing, all in different ways. We will all experience it in completely different ways. And I want to take you to Uganda, where some of us visited nearly four years ago now, three years ago. And part of what we saw in Uganda was a sense and a reality that we've heard from Min, from Viva, share with us, that education isn't available for all. And girls really struggle. Michelle Obama has set up a, a worldwide scheme to encourage girls back into education. If you want to laugh, Google search uh, Michelle Obama carpool karaoke on the Late Late Show. And you see her and James Corden singing along in a car going around the White House. But she talks passionately about why she believes that opening up education for girls worldwide is so vital it's inspirational but we already know that because we've heard that through our connections and our links and our partnership with viva viva works in one of their projects in helping girls who have dropped out of school for a variety of reasons usually financial usually because their families are struggling and the first people to leave are often the girls and they want to get girls back into school and they do that through creative learning centers where it's catch up education education in its broadest sense And they've developed those and have had funding for those. And in the last three years, 1,700 girls have gone back to school, with 98% of them staying on and going on to further education. They're expecting another 400 to graduate from the programme before the end of this year. They've had three out of five new, fully-equipped classroom blocks opened from a grant that's come from the UK, DFID Funding. We as a nation believe in supporting this. And they've got these girls, and if we could get the PowerPoint on just now, they're setting us a challenge. Because currently, they've got a thousand girls in their creative learning centres who they'd love to encourage back into secondary education. And the next picture. But they need a basic back to school kit. Education itself is free. But you have to be equipped to go back. You have to wear a uniform. You have to have a bag. You have to have stationery. You have to have pens. Think how the shops have been full. I tried to go shopping two weeks ago in Guildford and regretted the day I'd gone. I could not get... I was in WH Smith, and the queues of people buying stationery... Luckily, I didn't have to go into Clark's, because I remember that with my own boys with horror. And uniforms, think of what we do to equip our children every year to get back in September. Let's look at the next slide. Viva and our partner Network Crane are running 20 centres, providing catch-up education for 4,000 marginalised girls. Next slide. As 1,000 girls prepare to step back into mainstream education, we want to give them the best start possible for their school year. And here's the challenge. Next one. It costs £50 to provide one CLC graduate with a complete school starter pack, including stationery, writing pads, uniform, and a bag. Can you help us? I'm speaking on behalf of Mim. I'm speaking on behalf of Viva. They've written to me saying, can you help us? £50 per child. So you will have received a leaflet as you have come in. And we've supported Viva in so many ways. Here's a very practical way in which we can support them for this specific need. And it will help this amazing scheme continue. I'm right, Nick, aren't I? And they're looking to us as a church that they know are generous and respond well. So the challenge is can we help some of these girls get back to school at £50 a girl? We're going to leave this open for the next few weeks. On the table out in the porch are some envelopes that can be gift aided because that's the tax efficient way of doing that and you may not you know, you may want to go home and think about that and that's absolutely fine but over the next few weeks we're going to have a basket out and I would love us as a church to get as many of these girls equipped ready to go back into secondary education as possible. I'm not going to say any more because the flyer speaks for itself You know these are our sisters on the other side of the world. We have connections, and we can help them. So that's the challenge, and the challenge is there for the next few weeks.